Hello, hello, hello. This is Misty Magdalena Grace with the new and improved version of Healthy and Wealthy and Wise, where we talk about spirituality, psychedelics, plant medicine, microdosing, and really that journey within to finding your best innate wisdom to your best health, your best wealth through all sorts of inner child healing, trauma release, grief recovery, uh, overcoming addictions, and working with the mind, the body, and spirit. So go ahead, leave a review, subscribe, download. We look forward to your feedback. Thanks for tuning in today. All right, all right, all right. Hello, everybody. Hi, this is Magdalena Grace. So excited for another beautiful episode on this. As you guys know, if you've been listening to me this month, I've been having really powerful conversations. Uh, it is still Suicide Awareness Month. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I honor this month every year. And this is the fourth year in a row. And uh, the topic today actually um, hits home for me in my own journey of suicidal thoughts, ideation, and just not wanting to live anymore. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with this religion wound conversation that I'm going to have today with my friend Kat, who will be joining us shortly. And I don't see anyone streaming live, but I just want to say it. If, if you do join us, um, you can comment below, guys. That's why I do this live. Uh, feel free to hashtag live um, where you're tuning in, city, state, country. And of course, uh, if you're on the replay, hashtag replay. And if you if you see value in this show today, which I really feel like you will, <laughs> um, please hit the share button. I always say sharing is caring, especially now. There's so many people struggling with mental health, anxiety, um, suicidal thoughts. Uh, if you saw my show uh, last week with Alisa Dubey, we talked about that very open, very candidly about having a normalized conversation around mental health and suicide and really getting rid of the stigma. And so today's show could, could change someone's life, uh, as I know this topic um, actually saved my life. So I'm super excited, Kat, I'm going to be bringing you on here we are. Welcome to Cat. Thank you. Thank you, so thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you are your monetization or content monetization strategist. I was actually on your summit um, yeah. earlier this year, and, and that feels like 10 years ago already um, because so much has happened <laughs> since then. And I'm just excited to have you here to talk about this very, very, very um, open and vulnerable topic. So thank you for being here. My God, thank you so much for having me. It's truly a pleasure and an honor. Yay. Well, first, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background um, and you know how you got to be where you are today. Absolutely. So I was a church kid before I was a kid. In my, I like to joke that in my mom's belly, I was already, <laughs> I was already in church. So I grew up in church uh, twice on Sundays. Um, Saturdays, um, the middle of the week, um, vacation, Bible school, um, every Sunday went through a very um, detailed curriculum from the very beginning of the Bible to the New Testament. So my dad was a preacher growing up. He's a pastor now. And up to as recently as the pandemic, I thought I was walking in and I walked into those footsteps. Um, there are hundreds and hundreds of videos of me going in and preaching and um, yeah, just being being that person, being what I, I can now say organized religion, which I didn't, I would have never called it that, but that's exactly what it was. I'm curious, why would you not have called it that? 
because I always said I was not religious. I hated that word. I hated it so much that I had a negative connotation to it and I couldn't see it that way, to be honest. I just, I, I was not part of that. I had nothing to do with that. I, I did go to church. I was a member of several churches, uh, and, but I was not, I was not religious. I was not part of organized religious religion, even though it was very much organized and very much like I call it now the building. So it was very much uh, very organized. Yeah. And that's so it's funny because you I loved how you said you were a church kid before you were even born. Um, there's probably a few past lives in that experience as well for you. And when you say I want to hear in your own words, what uh, does religion wound mean for you? And I know you also called it church wound. So whichever yeah. whichever one works best for you. Yeah. So even in the church world, they call it church hurt. Uh, that's what a lot of Christians call it. Um, uh, so the religious wound was um, feeling like controlled and manipulated and um, taken advantage of, um, not seen and um, not being able to be myself in being in environments where you had to um, defer to other people and not being able to be feel supported. Like for all the stuff that you gave, you give a lot of your time, uh, a lot of your resources. Uh, and I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about all of your resources. Um, so during the pandemic, I just realized that I was there was not that much support from the church when we as a, as a whole, needed it the most when um, the world was going to, going nuts and there was a lot of hurt going around and I, just my eyes were open in so many different ways and I just, the church was nowhere to be found. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So then you did like a, it seemed like a 180. You went from being really vocal and preaching and sharing and then it was like, that seemed to shut down and you went all business. Can you maybe share a little bit more about the why behind that or any, any of the pain points of that? Yeah, it was very painful because I felt like, God, I'm here. I'm giving them my all. I am sharing the good news and I'm a good girl and I'm doing all the right things. How did this happen? How was I in this situation where I did not realize what was happening? I didn't realize how, um, quite a few things were happening and I was not aware of because I was just going through the motions, going, um, doing what everybody else does. So when the pandemic happened and everybody went home, I just never went back. And even I tried to go back a couple of times, but, uh, to a different church. And I just, I, I couldn't, I would get triggered. I was just, my eyes could not be on open anymore. So, um, I even left social media for quite a while. I couldn't, I couldn't go live. I used to go, I used to live stream. Like I was the live streaming queen. I was live streaming all the time. I was sharing if I ate, you know, um, a bowl of cereal, I was sharing that. <laughs> I was on all the time and I always had a story time. And I'm not saying all of that was bad, but what I realized was what I could see before I saw behind the curtains. And once I saw what was behind, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't unring that bell, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, you expanded into a whole new awareness level. And so 
I guess there's so much to unpack there, but maybe what we can help people learn from is if you can speak this or otherwise when we share about your experience with microdosing with ayahuasca, um, what, how did your life change? Like how did you change as a result of that wound and just kind of like shutting down? And I know we talked about softening into your feminine and all the things that we're going to unpack here, but how did you show up after that? Well, after that, I used to be really close to God. I couldn't even say it. I couldn't say the word. I stopped talking to him a hundred, a hundred percent. Like I completely stopped. I was so hurt. I felt like I, I got hurt under his watch. And even though I did not blame him, I couldn't look at him. Of course, not physically, but you know what I mean? Like metaphorically, I couldn't have those conversations. I couldn't pray. I couldn't say, because we used to talk, like I used to tell him jokes, like literally <laughs> if, I for, if, I, if I heard something funny, I'm like, oh my God, wasn't that funny? You know, like I, because I, I know he's funny. I know he's not stiff like people think, right? So I can do any of that in the void like the void that that left in the disappointment of, wow, I was doing all of this. I invested all this time and now things are not what I thought they were. So I shut down. I was, I think I hardened and mm. I was, I was heartbroken and I couldn't, I, I cried, I cried, I cried, like I cried and I was angry and I was hurt. And I, I had no way to turn. Like, who can I go to if my entire world was that? Was everybody that I knew was still there? So what can I say? What could I have said, you know? Beautiful. No, I, and I, I, I say beautiful because I know I know what happens. I know the rest of the story. And I'll, if, I, if it's okay, I'll, I'll share with you. And yeah. I shared with this, you know, behind the scenes that I feel like because I finally gave my self-permission to really look at the religion moon. And I did a show about this around Easter where I talked openly about the void and the pain. And, you know, uh, you talk about resources and I feel like a lot of people, they give, give, give so much to the church or they, 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 they put so much pressure on themselves to be a good girl or a good boy. And then if you, especially if you base your whole life on that, and then all of a sudden the wool gets pulled over, you know, your eyes are away from your eyes and you, you see you were blinded, but now you see, you really start to question, well, was that, was that real faith? Was that a real relationship? And I know I had my own uh, experience where I, I left the church. I had like a nervous breakdown. I said, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't play this role anymore. I can't wear this mask, but it left me so lost that I, I became a codependent people pleaser. I, I mm. be all things, to all people. I had my own version of what I call the, the savior complex. Like I was trying to save everyone else first before myself, because I feel like a lot of times that's the example. Like you have mm. to hang on your own cross to like, uh, be an example in this world. And that's not what I believe you and I've talked about behind the scenes, what it's, it's about. It's a, it's about a deeply spiritual connection, which you have softened into now. And so let's maybe, let's maybe talk about, uh, your ayahuasca microdosing experience, if that sounds oh, good. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So part of, as you know, since you were part of that world, there's no substances. You take care of your body. Like I said, temple, I still believe that it is. So not into drugs, not into drinking, none of that stuff. So 
I'm, I don't, I don't just see pretty colors. So I was really afraid of getting high or psychedelics or anything like that, that would leave me vulnerable or I just didn't, I just not into it. Right. So my biggest fear was this micro dosing thing. So yes, it's micro, so it's less harsh, but how am I going to react? Like, um, is this going to take me to the, am I going to be able to get to the next level? Cause I have been going to different modalities so I could heal and I have been healing and the healing has been progressive. It's been incredible. The different things that I have been able to try. So when I was uh, doing the summit, doing the, the, um, the, the beginning of the summer, I, wrote down one of the subjects, even though it was a business summit, I know that a lot of moms are microdosing because they need the help and there's a lot of overwhelm, right? So I wanted to know how entrepreneurs can microdose and become better entrepreneurs because, you know, that's a hat that I like to wear. And I was always curious and I, I'm a huge learner. I'm going to learn to the day that I close my pretty brown eyes. Uh-huh. So I'm like, let me have someone that I can talk to somebody smart and ask them some questions. And I went with the, the learning hat. I'm going to ask them questions and I'm going to learn what I don't, I didn't know what it was. What is microdosing? Like, what is that? Right. Mm-hmm. So we had a, 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 call, a talk before the summit and I'm like, mm, this person can help me. She's going to answer my questions. And then after we did the interview, I was like, Oh, I'm doing this. <laughs> I trust that um, ayahuasca is the way to go. Um, nothing against mushrooms. I just felt that um, I felt cold and um, I love the the gentleness. You said you, that was the thing that when you said that, I'm like, she's gentle. I'm like, sold. What do I sign? What? Do I, <laughs> how do I give you my money? Let's do this thing. Um, so you were able to answer all my questions. So I knew. I was not going to be altered. I knew I was not going to go into another dimension and see pretty colors and trash around the room. None of that stuff. Like I need something that I've always told God before. I need correction in a gentle way. I I need loving in a gentle way. That's just the way that I am. So when you said it's going to be gentle, I said, let's do it. And I knew because it was completely new territory for me. I know enough that I needed help. I knew that. So I said, if I'm going to do this, like when I did hypnosis, I did it with a friend, someone that I knew I could trust, that I would be very safe. So when I was going to do this and I was all in, I needed someone to hold my hand that can answer my questions and that could walk me through the process. So because I'm, if I'm going into healing and I'm, that means I'm wounded, I'm not going to go into a place I've never been before and not have support. And I think that was huge for me. I was just going to say, maybe for our listeners and especially for people later who you share this with, can you define what microdosing means to you? Because you said a few things like, yeah, you weren't tripping, you weren't thrashing around, you weren't, but what does that mean? What does microdosing mean? Yeah. So it is taking a very small dosage. We're talking drops of the medicine that's what we call it friendly uh you know it's a friendly way of calling it the medicine and you then are intentional sitting with the medicine and that is 
another beautiful part of the process where you take the ayahuasca and you start with a prescription. So a number of dro specific drops is micro, so it's not a lot. And then you are intentional in your thoughts and you might journal and then you meditate and then you are intentional about what do I want to listen? What do I want to hear today? What do I want to work on today? And then you just are. And I chose to lay on my, my yoga mat, not do yoga, <laughs> listen to great, beautiful music, and just breathe in and out. And that sounds like not a lot, but for someone that is go, 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 and needed to just be, it was exactly what I needed. That's awesome. I want to give a shout out to my brother from another mother. Scott Mason is in the house. He's also oh, the... He's also the host of Webdelic, so I just have to give Webdelic. Oh, nice. I, I think I saw you guys. Yeah, I saw I saw the uh, the interview. That was awesome. Yeah. Hey, so Scott, thank you. Please, um, if you feel like it, hit the share button. Feel free to ask questions along the way too. This is um, interactive. If you are on the live, so thank you because uh, you know a lot of times people when they hear plant medicine. Uh, first of all, I think of the word psychedelic, which I don't use. I prefer the word, which goes really well with your outcomes. So maybe this will be a good transition mm -hmm. into entheogens. These are entheogens. So that's mm -hmm. the God within, you know, to, and, and I hope you guys all know, I, I just want to throw this out there because especially since I relaunched my podcast is focused on spirituality. So this isn't a a per se, a religious conversation. <laughs> We're not trying to convert anyone here. It's it's just right. more or bashing, not even bashing it either. One hundred and ten percent. Okay, um, I I came back to to Jesus and 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 a lot of beautiful components um, mm -hmm. and rituals that I, I had abandoned for fourteen years, thanks to plant medicine, thanks to this mm -hmm. path, thanks to healing this this wound. So we know that there's a lot of people struggling. I, I do believe it's actually the the lead cause of addiction and suicide mm -hmm. is, is actually mm -hmm. that feeling separate uh, that mm -hmm. that religion one is also about the separation of society today and how, you know, my religion is better than yours or I'm mm -hmm. right, you're wrong. And then, and then that's just no way to live. So you saying you were a doer, you were go, go, go. Um, it sounded, you know, like you were also like me, very emasculinated. And so oh my God. Yeah. we also chose, and it's in the ayahuasca family. I want to just reiterate to people that it's what I specialize in now in my subscription community. Um, but it's also, it's, it's, it's not the full on ayahuasca. So it's the cappy vine. So it's part, uh, it's in the ayahuasca family. So like, like cousins. <laughs> More or less. It's, yeah. it's a little bit too much to explain on here. Okay. And I don't, yeah. don't want to get into all the science and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's, it's very potent. It's very powerful. It's very, softening so maybe why don't you share what your intentions were mm. with this 30-day jump start that we just finished today yeah one of my favorite things was receiving it was very organized i received this amazing manual feels like of what to expect how to set everything up which is very very I, and i am like I said, I'm, I'm a scholar. I'm a learner. I, I need, I, I love a syllabus. I love a syllabus. So this was, is highlighted. I have words all over it. So, <laughs> um, so I set several intentions and um, if, I, if I can be vulnerable, which I can now, and I love that. Um, I wanted to soften into my feminine. I have been forced since I could ever remember to fend for myself 
to take care of myself and others and to not be so sensitive and to just do for myself. And that is exhausting when you are someone that is sensitive, someone that is more into words and arts and creative. I wasn't even cre I wasn't even allowed to be creative. So uh, to be able to be in my feminine, to be able to receive and to be able to uh, give from a place of that is more natural to me, that was something that I that I've been trying to do for the longest time and I really couldn't. And that's something that I craved because I knew it was holding some doors closed for me. So to be able to soften and um, return to that, it's not like it was, I was, it was foreign to me, but I didn't know how to go back. So I was able to uh, really, really lean into my feminine and that's been delicious to me. And I can only imagine for the other people that get to experience it too. 100%. I want to mention too, just to, and then I'll go right back to you, Kat, because um, I know like Scott being a man, for example, and anybody that's tuning in, we all have feminine and masculine energies, all of us. If you're non-binary, if you're transitioning, uh, it doesn't matter. We, we all have two hemispheres of our brain. We're bipeds, we're left and right. And that's the the feminine and the masculine energies. And, and a lot of times what happens for men and women, um, the masculine or sorry, the, the religion wound, it, it oftentimes shuts down the feminine. Mm, and we're wow. supposed to be so strong and we're supposed mm. to, you know, do, do, do and give, give, give. And the feminine energy is the soft, receptive yeah. being flow, being the loving Mother Mary or, you know, whatever example you can insert there. And uh, because the church is so patriarchal and so masculine dominant, a lot of all of us have for thousands of years actually shut down our feminine energy. So mm. it's, it's very much prevalent in society. So I hope you don't mind I explain that a little bit. No, that was that was beautiful. Thank you. Because I think we are soft. We are seeing the effects of that um, when we are not in a place where we can be loving and kind and, and, and be able to love on other people, especially when they don't think like us, they don't look like us, and they're not doing life the way we are. I mean, that, when we learn to do that, which by the way, was very Jesus-like, that was the, that is the most Jesus way ever. <laughs> the authentic Jesus, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, by the way, who is trained by Mary Magdalene. So I'm just throwing that out there. She yeah. even had to help him have the feminine training because he was a man, you know? So there's like, there's all these like little weaving in and out of uh, the, the real story that, you know, a lot of times has been shut down as well. So anyway, I digress. I'm going to let you continue. Yeah, no. So this, I set those intentions. I wanted my heart to open. Um, after years of my heart taking beating after beating, I had closed for business. <laughs> and I knew that at the, I'm still very young. I wanted my heart to be able to, to give and to receive. So that was something that I wanted to as well. And I wanted to be I wanted to be vulnerable. I'm, 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 I was born very sensitive. That's one of my gifts, I believe. And that was kind of like um, forcefully shut down. So I wanted to reconnect with that sensitivity because I have people coming up to me on a regular basis, people that feel very comfortable talking to me and listening to me, and even calling me their therapist, even though I have no, 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 therapist training, but I am a coach. So maybe, you know, that's 
close enough. So that makes you a better coach when you are able to really listen and empathize and be loving and and even you don't even have to do anything when you are more sensitive the other person can sense it um i've noticed that and that is my natural state so i have been and to me i thought sensitive meant weak and it is a complete opposite but i had to reclaim what was sensitive was for myself and that um that has been really beautiful to to experience Awesome. 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 And I know um, I was actually just looking at, at the notes of our conversation earlier. You now have said you're more in the flow. Your heart is open. You're not just go, go, go. You you, you were able to like balance also healthier boundaries, if I remember right. Oh, my God. But I have always been into boundaries. But uh, one thing that happened that we did not write, I did not write in my in the syllabus, but that I was completely unaware of is it a blind spot was that I was able to reclaim part of my voice. So my voice was shut down from very early on. So um, on my own, in my early 20s, moving to the United States really helped. So I was able to, to find, redefine who I was and really be loving and kind to myself. Like I have a healthy appreciation of who I am. I'm very kind. I have nicknames for myself. I hug myself. Like I love this girl a lot. So that was not a problem. But the other part that I had completely shut down and I was not aware of was my voice. So asking for what I needed. Asking in a way that is not really asking is stating this is a fact, this is a need that I have. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to say that was inappropriate for you to say or for you to do, or I know you need that, but I don't have the bandwidth to give it to you right now. So since two things can be true at the same time, you need me, but I need me more. So I'm going to choose me. Mm -hmm. That came from our work together. I did not know and that was affecting a lot of my relationships where I was um, letting people not honor my needs. For example, I am um, able to function in with a lot of people and I'm very friendly, very outgoing, but I am an introvert, which means at the end of the day or mm -hmm. at some point, I need, I call it cat time. <laughs> and that does not make me avoidant because I thought that I thought that's what that was. But what that makes me is a human being that her body tells her she needs to recharge. Mm. And I did not know those words. I did not know that it was not something that I liked. I did not know that that was a preference of mine. I did not know it was a need like I, will, I now call myself a car. I'm like a car. If I don't get refuel, I am going to shut down in the middle of the highway and you cannot push me. You cannot pull me. I'm not moving. Yeah. I will shut down. But what happened was that I would not shut down event immediately because I could push through, right? Like, oh, you know, they need it. Oh, it's okay. It, you know, like I, I'm really tired, but I could do it. I, it's, it's okay. They really need me. Um, if they didn't need me, then they wouldn't be pushing me this hard or they don't realize that I'm really exhausted. I was not using my voice, so I can blame it on them, but I'm not. I'm taking responsibility. I was not saying, because I didn't want to, I, did, I didn't want to be called avoidant because I, I, I took a negative connotation to that because I heard that a lot. I did not realize that little me and big me 
needed the rest. I needed the refuge of my own presence and really to just be with myself because I was giving of myself so much. And through this process, I realized that I get to say, I need time for myself. I know you want me to do this. However, I am, I am doing this and I am not asking. I will come back. So I'm able to communicate and say, I need, I need to leave for a couple hours. I need to go to my house for a couple hours. I need to shut down. I'm not leaving. I'm not abandoning this friendship, this relationship, whatever it is. I just need to take care of me. And that just makes me emotional just thinking about it. It's the one of the biggest gifts that I could give myself is the power of my voice. And it's the loving thing to do to say, in order for this to continue, I need to leave. And I will come back. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's a huge part of what I consider like the, the you were saying yes and trying to be needed. That's what I meant earlier by the savior complex. I didn't really like explain that very well, but a lot of times that religion or church wound, it breeds that because it's like, you have to, you have to bleed for others and be left literally hanging on your own cross, no. cross dying to yourself when you, you gotta, your body's a temple, you gotta take care of it. You got to fuel it, mind, body, and spirit, and having healthy boundaries and softening into your feminine. You even talked about um, there's so much to share, guys. She she really had like the most amazing results. But there's two more things that I have on my list. I hope you don't mind me bringing no, no, up. No, please. Of course. Besides taking care more of yourself and not go 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 do do do. You also had some womb healing that w-o-m-b which is the sacral yeah. chakra which is our, our kind of like our sexual creative center yeah. which I know impacted you in many ways uh including your business so do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah and that ties a little bit into doing things that you're not ready to do or do things that you don't want to do just because you're gifted so i knew that i was creative but i always because i work really hard I, and I like to learn, I was praised for being smart. So I was kind of pushed towards smart things, not creative things. Mm -hmm. So that my creative was, was damaged. It was like it almost atrophy. Right. And I'm a really creative person. So, um, that saying yes, or saying yes to things before I was ready, really hurt my womb and my creativity. And mm -hmm. again, because I've been hurt before, I didn't want others to hurt. It's that it's that loving people from a wounded place, right? So like, oh my God, I know what that feels like. So I'm not going to say no. So I needed to, to go back and, and go to a place where I can honor myself and honor. Like, I know that I'm known for this. However, this is what I want to do. And that, <laughs> even saying it to you, <laughs> it was, it's like, whoa. You know, that's a big deal. Um, almost like putting my foot down in it, not because I'm not a yeller, but I, I can have a strong voice and I can say that. I can say, um, I know you want me to do that um, or I know that's what's supposed to be next. I'm not ready for that or I don't want to do that uh, or I want to be known for doing this or I want to try this. Pivoting, pivoting mm -hmm. without permission, without waiting for people to say, oh, it's okay for you to pivot now, or you pivot too much, so you're going to pivot anymore. Listen, I'm going to pivot in the middle of a pivot if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Because yeah, there's so much fear of judgment, fear of rejection yeah. from that that church wound. Again, coming back to the topic of the day is that you don't want to be seen as the bad girl, right? Or doing something wrong. Right. Or right. Well, doing- even even that the bad girl, right? So what is a bad girl that I have needs? That's the bad girl. Or that I don't want you to put me, like, you know how the movie, no, nobody puts baby in the corner. Or you want to put me in the corner. And if I say something, then I'm a bad girl. So that bad girl has been used to control people like me for a very long time. And I did not know that. So um, I'm thankful that all of that happened, to be honest. I'm thankful. I'm thankful because I can love on people now in a way that I could not love before. I can relate to people that have gone through church hurt or the religious wound. And I'm able to use language that makes him feel more comfortable. Like I was telling you earlier um, offline, God doesn't need me to defend him. He he is almighty. So um, if somebody is having some sort of experience or they're mad at God, he can take it. Like it's okay. And I can be of more help by not forcing people to use language or words that I'm comfortable with or that my organized religion told me that they needed to use. Now I can be more flexible and God is very flexible. So if I'm creating his image, which I believe that I am, then I have to be like he is. He's flexible and loving and kind. So if people are going through something and they need to call things or, or God a certain way, who am I? Who am I to say you're wrong and I'm right? Yeah, to become judge, jury, and executioner in a lot of aspects, which isn't compassion right. and kindness, which is a lot of what the the feminine softening that you learned. You also started, and I, I I would consider this connected also to your womb, but you also wanted to connect to your ancestral and dancing, your inner goddess. So maybe oh my god, that was that's what started everything. To be honest, I haven't even talked about this, but that's what started the church hurt, hurt by the way, the, the religious one was the dancing. So I grew up, I'm, I'm from the Caribbean and I grew up not dancing at all. We didn't dance, dance was a sin, all of this stuff, right? Um, so I grew up not being able to move. A Caribbean woman, imagine that. And um, I'm in my late 40s now. And um, I was just told so many different things when I tried to, you know, even in even in the right right setting, and that's what started. That's what opened my eyes when I realized. And since then, since the pandemic, I'm able to. And there's many videos now that I have posted public. I would never dance in public, as in not even on the internet. And I have posted uh, really funny videos of me dancing, and people have people from all over the world have connected. Like I have one real went viral with half a million people have seen it and share it and connected, and it was me dancing, you know. So um, that was before doing ayahuasca, and now that I have, I am having the most amazing dancing parties with myself, me myself, and I. And I have always been a very spontaneous person, so I'm always singing. So now, if you if you catch me on the wrong side, on the wrong day or on the right day, I would say I'm gonna be doing a little a little two step thing. I'm gonna be doing little pirouettes. I'm free. I'm free to move. Hmm. I love that. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I feel like that's also part of the sacral chakra, that creative imagination. Yeah. And embodiment. So this is the other thing that I just want to throw out there while I 
just came through that that a lot of times people think, well, psychedelics, it's all mind manifesting. It's mind, mind, brain, brain, brain. I'm pointing to my head if you're hearing this on the audio later. But it's really about getting you into your body. You can't heal the mind through the mind. Uh, we got to get into the body and to move and to feel, to be vulnerable, to cry. I shared with you this past month. I cried more than I've cried, just like oceans of tears, just even without, I'm taking a break, guys. I've been microdosing with IS since April. And now it's a, it's not a dependency. It's not a thing you have to do yeah. or become dependent upon. Um, you know, it's, it's really about that sacred relationship and going inward and helping, having her help you through the co-creation of your meditation, your dance, your own, you're basically creating your own sacred union with the medicine, honestly, and, and intending, and she helps you release whatever it is that that you're needing to release to to get all these beautiful aha moments or awakenings and and now you can shift and and i know i was going to ask you kind of like a, a segue um what's next for you are you going to continue microdosing maybe share a little bit with the audience that yeah yeah so one of the things that i wanted to say before i i, I answer that is that the big one of the biggest things that I was able to that I was able to do while microdosing was to be able to reconnect with God and be able to talk to him and tell him jokes and uh, become feel like his daughter. Now it he never walked away from me, but I did. I was so hurt and I knew he did nothing, but like I said, he got caught in the crossfire. So our relationship just went by the wayside and that so imagine the 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 community is gone. Or I walked away from the community. the 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 idea of what my my faith was is gone, and then my relationship with God is gone. So the loneliness was at a level that you cannot even imagine. So to be able to have that back and to be able to have those moments with Him, like the biggest gift, the biggest, the biggest gift. So um, that was one month of micro dosing all the things that i have been able to reconnect and heal so yeah the answer to that is a resounding yes i think that i will do it sounds like at least at this moment uh, at least finish up the year or get close to it maybe take a break in december but i feel called to see this 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 process through as i'm moving or uh towards um, connecting with special people, special, special person in my life. And I feel that there's places um, that I want to uncover of myself. There's places that I know are dormant that I'm they're like peeking through like, Hey girl, how are you? You know, <laughs> and I want her to go. Ta-da! <laughs> I want her to come all out and like fly her freak flag and, be playful and silly and unapologetical, like celebrating and honoring who I was created to be. Um, and that's worth investing the time in because it's a commitment. I'm committed to me. I'm, com I'm 47 years old. I'm committed to me. And a lot of people said this a long time ago that when you turn 50, life changes for the better. And I, as I approach that, I can definitely see that, but you have to do the work. So I am excited to um, circle the wagon around 50, um, getting closer to it, a little wiser, 
um, taking myself a little less seriously in more authentic because that's what I realized that uh, this 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 conversation is doing for me is allowing me to hopefully reach people that need to hear this and at the same time to show up um, kind of like reintroduce myself to myself and if mm-hmm. others pay attention great um, so authenticity it's it's part of me being vulnerable and sharing this is who I am and I approve this message. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And I want to give a shout out to Leanne Lane. I don't know if she showed up today, but she introduced us. And so thank you so much, my beautiful friend to, to make that connection. And, um, you know, if anyone here, uh, I have one more question for you and I I do have a a message from our sponsor before we wrap it up, Kat. Um, but if you have inquiries about what Kat just completed this 30 day jumpstart, go to microdosingforhealth.now.site. I'll also put that in the show notes. I also have my community, um, subscription community, which Kat is graduating into. Um, who do you think, uh, Kat, I'm putting on the spot, before I, I have another closing question, but what, who do you think is, would be a really good candidate? I can think of one friend. I don't know if she's open. I know that she's curious. So I can think of one friend. But I was just saying, in general, like, do you think women, men? Uh... Oh, my God. Yeah. Anybody that wants to stop hiding and wants to really mm. unveil their true self, mm. someone that is ambitious enough to want to be who they were created to be, someone mm. that is ready for uh, a sacred partnership, someone that wants to heal um, childhood trauma, um, heal from a divorce, failed businesses, mm-hmm. um, going into the right business, um, loving their bodies. Oh my God. Uh, loving who you, the, what makes you different. And um, that's something that I had to work on for a long time. And I love me. I love how different I am in, I love that enough for anybody else that will come into my life. So I'm good there. Right. But someone that struggles with that, I think this will be a beautiful, um, journey to embark because, when you are more of yourself, there's nothing can stand in your way. Like all the things that are for you would just find you. I love it. Thank you. That was that was perfect. Let's um let's have a word from our sponsor and then we'll close it out with one more Hessian uh, for Kat. So please guys stick around and we'll hear from Soulvine. Healthy and Wealthy and Wise is proudly sponsored by The Soul Vine, your number one go-to source for ayahuasca microdosing. This ayahuasca is legal. It is the Cappy Vine. There is no DMT extract or molecule as a part of it, and it can and will transform your life from the inside out. Supporting the Shipibo tribe from South America, this is my go-to source for healing. Learn more at microdosingforhealth.com. Yay. All right. So Kat, one final question for you. Now that you've graduated from your 30 days, yay, we should have a graduation ceremony. (laughs) Um, What does healthy and wealthy and wise mean to you? Honoring every part of who I am Mm -hmm. and sharing that with the world. 
<laughs> thank you Mike so much. Rob, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And please, guys, again, as we close it out here, um, please hit the share button. Uh, we talked deeply um, about the religion wound, how it impacted Kat's life and how now she's reconnected with God in such a beautiful way and has so much love and softness and compassion. Because um, really, I think the world deserves more loving, compassionate, kind people. Um, so we can really come back to the true message of what I, I do believe uh, most religions were trying to, to share, uh, which is loving one another and it all starts with you. Um, that's an inside job for sure. So thank you again. And till next time, guys, here's to your best health, your best wealth, and your best wisdom. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>